God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A few years ago, the Today Show featured a story about a retired Minnesota schoolteacher named Bernice Enda. In 2005, Bernice set out riding on horseback to see the entire country, not just her home state, but everywhere. And after 18,000 miles at the time, still going, she continues to discover a world she never knew existed. Bernice had gone through a bitter, heartbreaking divorce a few years earlier, and she told the reporter, when I retired, I didn't want to be home alone. So she literally left everything she had and everything she knew and set off to discover a new kind of family. To this day, she is still going. Her website now says that she's traveled 28,000 miles and has met thousands of people along the way. Now, traveling on horseback is slow, and so the most that Bernice can travel is about 30 miles a day. She depends greatly on the kindness of strangers, helping they help her find firewood and help her find food and a place to camp every day. In the Today Show story, she tells the reporter, she makes this remarkable observation, the kindness that I have experienced is nothing short of phenomenal. You arrive somewhere as a stranger, and in just minutes, you are friends. You end up thinking so differently about our country and about the human family. I wish you could see what I see. I wish you could see what I see. Sometimes our sight isn't entirely what we think it is. Just look at the travelers in our reading today, leaving Jerusalem disappointed, heartbroken, distraught. Their hope of everything, of new life, of new possibilities, of a real Messiah, crushed. Jesus was crucified. He was dead. The story tells us they're going to Emmaus and they encounter someone who changes their lives forever. Let's, let's fast forward to that moment where they invite the traveler, who's Jesus, even though they don't know it, in for a meal. They sit with him after a day of walking and hearing all these prophecies about the Messiah unpacked and relearned, and then Jesus takes the bread blesses and breaks it, and their eyes are opened, and they immediately recognize that he is with them. His full presence is there. Why did it take them so long to see this? People have written about this for centuries. I mean, there are so many essays about the whys of this. But I love St. Augustine's response in the fourth century. He says that maybe they needed more instruction. Maybe their hearts needed more instruction. They had heard all these stories about Jesus that he might be raised, but they had lost their faith. They were so distraught. They had lost all hope. And he says this in very colorful language, that they were walking along that road dead with the very fountain of life 
Jesus walking with them, but their hearts were broken. Broken hearts and eyes cast downward don't see so well. They're an equation for anyone to doubt. Each of us have our own struggles. No one in this room hasn't experienced hardship in some way or another. Some of our experiences have had our hearts stomped on, our eyes shockingly blinded with betrayal. We've all been deeply hurt at some point, and we've experienced loss. All of us have experienced loss. We've all seen things that we wished we hadn't seen. We are all in need for new eyes to see. We all have need for our hearts to be restored. Tradition holds that St. Luke, our gospel writer, was a physician. And this writer knew that his readers needed new eyes to see and their hearts needed to find healing. So he tells this story in such a way that when we get to the place where Jesus is sitting with them at table for a meal, taking, eating, blessing, and breaking bread, that he becomes known to them. Literally, as he says, that their eyes are opened. Luke is showing us several parallels here. First, he uses the bread as Jesus' body, a sign of him being broken on the cross for the world to see. But he goes further, and this one is really clever. Remember how in the story when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil? Remember that at the beginning of Genesis? The story says that their eyes were opened and they realized what they had done. Luke uses that same phraseology in the exact way that people in the first century would have heard it in the Greek version of the Old Testament. The same phraseology to show us how that story, that story which led to Adam and Eve's death, is now completely transformed and redeemed. Now these two people are gathered with Jesus and sharing a meal with him and their eyes are opened in the same way and they witness resurrection life being made known to them in real time because this Jesus whom they've been disappointed in, this Jesus who let them down, this Jesus whose death broke their hearts and turned them into the walking dead with no hope at all, this Jesus is now sitting with them at the table and accompanying them in this encounter and forevermore. What was dead is now totally alive and at large, available and open for everyone to encounter. The sight they received that day changed their lives forever. The bread was broken, but their hearts were restored. They gained a new perspective. They regained their hope, and they knew that Jesus was not dead, but alive and appearing to them and also to many others. His mission on earth was now boundless, and death couldn't even stop him. The kingdom of God was truly being made a reality 
And they were actually a part of it. Their sight was truly restored and their hearts were made alive once again. Receiving sight, receiving sight in a new way changes the world. I don't know how many of you know anything about Greg Boyle and his work, but it's really just quite extraordinary. You might have read something about him. He's often in the papers. Father Greg Boyle lives in Los Angeles, and he's dedicated his entire life to working with members of gangs and giving them opportunities for new life. He's helped form new industries. He formed this group called Homeboy Industries that sells different kinds of grocery products all over the Los Angeles area, but I've even seen them at stores here. And he's taught people new trades and new skills and has helped restore dignity to the downtrodden. And he's brought this restoration and sense of compassion, the kind that we hear all about in the New Testament when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. Greg brings this into a world that many people perceive is only full of dead ends. But Father Greg wrote a book a few years ago called Tattoos of the Heart. And he tells all about how this new sight, how mended hearts can give us compassion and new possibilities can take us from a world of self-preoccupation into a more expansive place, into a place of fellowship, of true kinship, of life in the kingdom of God. He says this, that our truest measure of love and compassion is not really whether we're willing to help or offer service to others, but rather to see if are we willing, are we willing to see ourselves in kinship with others, to honor and respect them, to see our brothers and sisters in need as our equals. Father Greg tells a story in his book about one of his young men who truly experienced many dead ends and was desperately needing some new sight, a new perspective. So Greg takes him on a trip to do some ministry in Pritchard, Alabama, where Greg says, we take two hours to drive and walk around in what I think is the poorest place I have ever seen in the United States. Hovels and burned out shacks and lots of people living in what people ought not to live in. He writes that his traveling companion is positively bug-eyed as he walks around, meeting people, and seeing a vastly different kind of poverty than the kind he knows in East L.A. A few hours later, they're back at their guest house, and Father Greg sees his young friend. I mean, this is a really tough guy. This guy has an edge to him. And he sees his young friend standing in the doorway, crying. This young, is man, this young man has literally seen it all. He's seen torture. He's seen unrivaled betrayal. He's seen chilling abandonment. He's a tough man, and yet here he is crying his eyes out in a place far from home. So Greg asks, what's going on? And his friend says, Greg, I, I don't know. Today got to me. It got inside of me. I mean, and he's crying a lot at this point. How do we let people live like this? How? 
Greg, I don't know what's happening to me, but it's big. It's like for the first time in my life, I feel, I don't know, I I feel like I'm seeing my life now something completely different. I see the world differently. I think I see a little bit more as you see, maybe even as Jesus sees. Eyes and hearts opening can be a tough experience. It can be really painful. But the Emmaus story is inviting you and me to go down that road, to go on a walk with Jesus and to take our eyes and our hearts with us, to ask for new eyes to see the world as Jesus sees, and to offer up our broken hearts our hearts of life's disappointments and setbacks and maybe some of the shame and despair that we hold on to and keep within ourselves and take them on that road to Emmaus, to take them and let Christ be broken for us so that our hearts can be restored, so that our eyes will show us what we need to see. And for Christ's new life, to be made known to us in a new way. The new life of Christ's resurrection isn't just for Jesus, it's for you. He is the broken bread. We are the ones who are restored. So that he as Messiah and Lord can live with us eternally in all times and in all places. We are lucky. Our hearts get strangely warmed today. And the joy of Easter and Jesus' resurrection continue.